0: You are listening to The North Podcast, a ministry of Mount Perrin North in Marietta, Georgia.
1: Good morning, everybody. How are you today? It is good to see you. Happy New Year. Man, I'm glad to see you. Glad to start off 2024 with you. And uh, today we're beginning a brand new sermon series that kind of kicks off our 21 days of prayer and fasting that will begin next week. So today's just kind of a... Uh, a prepper for that, and um, hope you'll be a, a part of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. As the video said, this Wednesday night we'll be talking about what is fasting. What does it mean? How do you utilize it? What does God want to do in your life through fasting? And uh, so I'll be teaching on that this Wednesday night. Uh, But um, uh, I'm excited about our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm excited about we're ending 21 days of prayer and fasting on the first Sunday in February with just a believing that God's going to show up for a prayer service of uh, miracles and healing that day. And also that uh, we're beginning a a revival that evening. that will go from Sunday night until Wednesday night. And uh, so there'll be more information about that, but I'm very, very excited about that and glad that you're going to be a part of that as well. So if you've got your Bibles, I'd like you to take them. Turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 21. The name of the series we're starting is Mountains Will Move. Today we're going to talk about supernatural faith. What is supernatural faith? So in Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 through 22, it says... In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road, and he went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? And Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Let's talk about supernatural faith this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the ability to open up your word and study your word, but also thank you for the ability to open up our hearts and let your word study us. I pray that you would anoint the words you've given me to say as they go forth and want our ears to hear them and our hearts to receive them so that you may accomplish your perfect will. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Supernatural faith. The Bible is filled with things that we would talk about as supernatural faith. In the Old Testament, supernatural faith resulted in the parting of the Red Sea and the Israelites crossing out of captivity and crossing into freedom. We also see supernatural faith where David faces the giant Goliath. We see supernatural faith where Elijah faces down the prophets of Baal and God rains down fire from heaven and consumes a sacrifice and proves that he is the one true God and the prophets of Baal are defeated that day. In the life and ministry of Jesus, we see supernatural faith where Jesus heals blind eyes, opens deaf ears, makes people who cannot speak be able to speak again. We see Jesus walk on water. We see him in a boat where storm is raging and his disciples are so fearful, they come to him and say, Lord, do you not care that we're going to die? And Jesus stands on the bow of the boat and says, peace, be still. And the winds and the waves, they cease. We even see Jesus speak to the dead and the dead raise the new life. So, when Jesus talks about supernatural faith, about moving mountains, it is amazing that he's not talking about one of those miracles. It's amazing that he uses the only negative miracle he'll ever do in the Bible in this moment. Jesus is leaving, in context, he's leaving. Uh, He's left Jerusalem, and in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all tell us a variation or pieces of the story. Jesus goes there. He is going to speak to the things that people care about deeply. He's going to speak to the religious organization. He's going to cleanse the temple. He's going to speak to his disciples and talk about that mountain that they're looking at. It's not just a particular mountain. He is going to Jerusalem. He is looking at Mount Zion. This is the way that they would meet with God. This is the only way that they knew that they could get in contact with God. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to change everything at this point. Changing everything. And he comes across a fig tree that Mark tells us is not in season, but Matthew tells us has leaves on it anyway, but no fruit. Something is wrong here. And Jesus says, may you never bear fruit again. Matthew tells us that immediately it happens. Mark actually tells us a little bit more of the details that these happen on two separate days. Matthew is, ba- is flashing back in verses 18 and 19 and summarizing. And in verses 20 to 22, he is then coming to the current thing that these things are happening where Jesus speaks to the fig tree. They come back, they see it, and it's withered up, and they are amazed. And Jesus said, this amazes you? You can speak to that mountain over there, if you have faith, and do not doubt, until that mountain to be moved into the sea, and it shall be done. Supernatural faith. Supernatural simply means, the word super means above. Supernatural means above nature. It means that it doesn't exist in the context of nature or apply by the rules or laws of nature. God is supernatural. He exists outside of those things, and he doesn't have to abide by those things, though he established those things. Supernatural faith. It's outside of the realm of our understanding or our reasoning. Supernatural means that it's science, mathematics, physics, logic. They cannot comprehend or grasp the reality of what is happening. And Jesus uses this episode with this fig tree to begin to speak about supernatural faith. I want you to see three things this morning that he teaches not just us, but he teaches his core leadership. These are not just disciples. Luke tells us these are the apostles. These are the 12. These are not just a bunch, because the Bible does say a lot of his disciples gather around, but these are the disciples, the apostles. Three things he teaches them and he teaches us that we need to take away this morning is this. Supernatural faith, number one, is given by God. Supernatural faith is given by God. You need to get a hold of that. Because there's a lot of misconceptions about what faith is and how faith comes. Supernatural faith is given by God. In verse 20, it says, the disciples were amazed when they saw this. And they asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Luke, in chapter 17, when he tells the story, he says, the apostles said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith in order to do the things that you've done. In other words, what they're saying is this, Lord, we have... Enough faith for this stuff to happen, but we don't have enough faith for this stuff to happen. We're at this level, we'd like to raise to this level. We're at level two faith, and we'd like to go to level four faith. That's not how faith works. Faith is given by God. This is the response that Jesus gives them. In Matthew, he says to them, he says, if you have faith, in Luke, he says, if you had faith. It's the presence of faith. It's not this level of faith. You see, we have been, I don't know if it's Westernized culture, I don't know if it's media, I don't know what it is, but we have been conditioned to think that there is an effort at faith, that the more effort that you exert at faith, the greater your faith is going to be. Some people treat faith like Star Wars treats it force. You ever seen Luke move something? You know what I mean? If, if, if you have no idea, just track with me for a second, okay? They use some supernatural thing called the force. And he's like, he can control things. He can move certain objects. But every time he moves an object, it's certain. But if it's a bigger object, you notice he's grimacing a little bit more. His veins are a little tighter. You know what I'm talking about? And he's trying a lot harder. A lot of people think that's what faith is. Jesus is not saying that you get a level of faith, and if you try harder and exert more energy, you're going to do more for the kingdom of God. Faith is actually given by God. to Each of us has been given the measure of faith that you are required in order to have salvation, in order to live holy, in order to do all the things God has called you to do. Faith is believing that God can do anything He has promised. Faith is not about you, it's about God. Faith is not about you trying to get to a better place, it's realizing God is bigger than you ever imagined. Jesus is saying, Do you not realize who it is, in whose presence that you're standing? You think it's something you can do when it's really something you need to realize is here. Even in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible talks about a spiritual gift of faith that God gives some people, the spiritual gift of faith to believe for certain things. But do you understand what that means? They didn't get this as a merit badge for all their accomplishments. It is a gift of faith that God gives. Faith is a gift of God that we get to exercise by believing. And God gives us faith in miraculous moments, and he also gives us faith over time. Because Mark's gospel tells us that in actuality, as Matthew is telling it, he's summarizing it. So when Matthew says immediately, what he means is at the same time period, in the same context of this. Mark tells us that in one morning they're traveling to the temple and Jesus sees the fig tree and he curses it. The next morning he comes back and they see it and they're amazed at this. It's not a contradiction. It's just a fuller explanation of what's happening. But do you understand something? There's a time gap between when Jesus speaks and when the miracle happens. Now, there are some times where there are times where Jesus just speaks and it happens immediately, but not every time. You see, part of our problem is is we want to see a miracle or read about a miracle and figure out the formula so we can have the miracle anytime we want it. Come on. You want to figure out God so you can make God do the things you want him to do. A lot of times. And we'll couch it with superficial and religious language. But faith is believing that God is big enough and in control in order to do the things that need to be done in our lives. Sometimes, though, there is the delay between the declaration of the miracle and the realization of the miracle. And what you do during those moments can either build or destroy the faith God wants to build in you. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one and two says, for everything, there is a season and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to plant and a time to harvest. There's a time sometimes difference between you see the realization and the declaration of those things. It's why Paul tells us in Romans chapter eight, when he's talking about believing for certain things and waiting on certain things, he even tells us that even while you are waiting and your faith is growing and you're realizing that God is able to do, God's doing all the work in you, It's still not about you. I love how the message translation reads. I'm just going to read it to you. So I want you to listen. Verses 24 to 28 in chapter eight. It says, this is why waiting does not diminish us. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We're enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside us helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our expectant condition. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Understand that? What he's saying is this. Even in the waiting, it's God who gives us the capacity to believe. It's God who gives us the endurance during the wait. It's God who gives us the prayers we need to pray even when we don't know how to pray them. It's God who gives us the faith to believe that he is in control. Faith that you need is not learned necessarily in study or a course that you take. The faith that you need is not acquired by the amount of time that you have served God, although you should be growing in those things. Faith is not, that you need is not gained by how much you give or serve. Faith you need is given by God. and It's available to every single one who would dare to believe that God is enough. Faith is given by God. Some people spend their lives striving and straining to have more faith when God wants you to lean in and realize how actually big He is. When God answers a prayer in your life, it's not, it's not because you prayed good. That's not about you, it's about the Lord. Supernatural faith is given by God. Second thing I want you to see is this supernatural faith says what God says says what God says. Verse 21, it says, Then Jesus told him, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do the things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Just a little bit before this in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus also talks about moving mountains, and he talks about the amount of faith that's actually needed. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Do you know how God actually grows your faith? He lets you face bigger mountains. Some of you are like, that is not what I wanted to hear this morning. (laughs) I saw a mean, um, maybe it was a real, but it was was basically, I'm summarizing, paraphrasing it, but it was basically like, hey, God, in 2023, I believe I was signed up for the strong and brave warrior. I'd like to sign up for blessed and highly favored in 2024, if that's okay. (laughs) That's the plan I want, Right? That's what we want. We want the path of least resistance. But God grows us, grows our faith as we face bigger mountains. Luke tells us that Jesus even says that you can say to a mulberry tree to be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it will be done. Do you realize how crazy that sounds? Now, in our minds, we go, yeah, mountains, maybe the tree. Mountains big, maybe the tree. I looked up, you uproot a tree with a crane. It takes, the amount of force that it takes to uproot a tree, an average tree, 60 kilonewtons. If that means nothing to you, welcome to my club, okay? If you know what that means, I'm either impressed or have a lot of pity for you. I don't know which one at this point. But I converted that, I went online and had a conversion. Converted to pounds? 13,500 pounds of force is what it's required to uproot a tree. That seems impossible. And then when I realized that Jesus says that you can also say to a mountain, you can be cast into the sea and it shall be done. I'm never going to get to that amount of force in my life. I'm never going to get to that amount. what you think about, am I ever going to be that strong in and of myself? No, but it's not about me. It's believing and saying what God says about the circumstances. Because Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a tiny mustard seed, you can do it. Because eventually, over time, that mustard seed grows into a tree or a huge plant. When Jesus tells him, if you have faith and do not doubt, the phrase do not doubt, literally means, do not lose confidence in God's power. The problem is, is when we face bigger mountains, we wonder, is is God big enough to do this? Or does God love me enough to do this? And we begin to question. Can I just tell you something? It's not about if you're praying exactly right or saying the right words in the right order at the right time of day at the right volume. That's not faith. I'll be honest with you. If you're not careful, that's close to incantation, trying to figure out a formula to make God do something. Faith is realizing God is bigger than any mountain I've ever faced. He's bigger than any obstacle I will ever come against. God is bigger. Faith is having confidence in God's power, not my ability. Don't limit God by believing, I think he can do this, but I'm not sure he can do that. Or I think he will do this for me, but I'm not sure he'll do this for me. Don't limit God's power by that. Sometimes we come against mountains or obstacles that seem so overwhelming and our minds get fixed on the magnitude of the problem instead, on the, uh, uh, instead of on the unlimited power of God. Supernatural faith is having more confidence in the size of God's power to move mountains than dwelling on the size of the mountain. And it looks overwhelming. Faith, supernatural faith is Saying what God says. What does God tell us in his word? He tells us he'll provide for us. David tells us, never seen the righteous forsaken and their children begging for bread. Paul tells us, my God will supply all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Can God heal my body? Yes, the Lord is a healer over and over and over and over again. Can God give me peace with my anxiety, my depression? Yes. The Bible is filled with that. And the question is, do I focus on the promises and the reality of what God has told me and the experiences I've seen with God in my life? Or do I focus on the size of the obstacle that seems to be in my way? Is God bigger than a bad economy? Yes. Is he bigger than a bad health report? Yes. Is he bigger than a rebellious child? Yes. Is he bigger than an overbearing boss? Yes. Is he bigger than anxiety? Yes. Is he bigger than depression? Yes. Is he bigger than your fears? Yes. Is he bigger than death, hell, and the grave? Yes. Is he bigger than your sin and your temptation? Yes. That's why Ephesians 3.20 tells us, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine. And I want to challenge you this year to believe big. And I don't mind, and God doesn't mind you telling Him what you want, but I'm going to dare you to believe even bigger than that. I'm, I'm going to dare you to believe that you have an obstacle or a mountain or a challenge, and you say, I need God to do this. I want to tell you to take a step further than that. Say, God, I need you to do this, but here's what I'm really asking for. You know more than I know. You know greater than I know. I'm asking you to do more than I'm asking for. I'm asking you to give more than I think I need. I'm asking you to come in in a greater way, in a bigger way, to bring. Break through in that moment and bring me to a place that I never thought I would be. I want to believe you for bigger than I can ever believe, Lord. Faith is given by God and it is grown by God. Third thing is supernatural faith brings glory to God. Brings glory to God because it's all about him. In Matthew 21, verse 22, it says, You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Now, if we read Scripture, we have to read the totality of Scripture. Because it doesn't contradict itself. Jesus says in John 14, 14, If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. But it's important to know what he means. In my name means in the character and the authority of who I am. Jesus is not saying you can treat God like a genie in a bottle and rub the bottle the right way and you get three wishes. But that's how we treat it sometimes. Every miracle in the Bible starts with a crisis. Every miracle in the Bible is all about bringing glory and honor to God. Do you get to benefit from the miracle? Absolutely. Is it about you? Absolutely not. It's about God. You exist to bring him glory, to worship, and to bring him glory. That's why you are here, is to bring his name glory. He loves you. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't have given his son for you. But you're here to bring him glory. The Bible tells us, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. To delight yourself in the Lord is to love what God loves and to want what God wants. So as God is transforming your heart, he's transforming your desires And as those desires gets transformed to become more like his, he gives you all that you need or want or desire because now your desires are what he desires. This is why I want to encourage you in 2024. As you read your Bible, read all the promises of God. As you read your Bible, read all the things. As you read your Bible and you see the exhortations and the corrections that are in the Bible, can I just tell you something? God wants you to speak to you through his word for your transformation. I see way too much in people reading Scripture and thinking it applies to someone else. Because you don't like what they're doing, you've got a problem with them, and you think it's about them. Can I just tell you something? God's Word, when you read it, wants to transform you. It wants to transform me. Your transformation brings glory to God. Your deliverance brings glory to God. Your struggles can even bring glory to God when you give them to him. The same Jesus in Matthew 21 that says, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and it will be done. The same Jesus who walked on water, who spoke to the wind and the waves and the ceased, who stood at the open tomb of one of his friends, Lazarus, prayed to God and said to the Father and said, Father, I thank you that you hear me when I pray, but I'm praying this right now so that they all know that you hear me and realize who I am. And he speaks to a dead man and says, Lazarus, come forth, and he walks out of a grave. That same Jesus moves mountains in the garden of Gethsemane prays to the Father Lord if it's possible let this cup of suffering pass from me my preference he says humanly speaking let this cup of suffering the cross pass from me but then he says nevertheless not my will but yours be done Do those contradict each other? No. All the power and the authority that Jesus has that he exhibited in his earthly ministry was to bring glory to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in the garden, what he's saying is, humanly speaking, I don't want to face this mountain, but if it brings more glory, I'll go. Some mountains are made to be moved. Some mountains are made to be climbed. Some mountains are made to be conquered. Can I just tell you something? I'm so glad that Jesus in his power and authority didn't stop and say, Lord, Father, let this cup pass from me. I'm glad he didn't leave it there because we would be trapped in our sin and our shame. But the fact that he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, means that he had to face a mountain he didn't want to face to move a mountain that all of us could not remove. A mountain of our past and our sin. Are you brave enough to give your mountain to God? And say, if it can be moved, move it, God. If I have to climb it, give me the strength. If I have to conquer it, give me the authority. In the Old Testament, it says, I lift my eyes to the hills because the hills was where power and authority rested then it says, where does my help come from? No, not there. My help comes from the Lord. Can you believe that the obstacle, the mountain, the crisis that you face is not too big for God? Can you tell him, I want you to answer it this way. But if you answer it a different way, take me where you want me to go. And I know deliverance will come. That's the real question. It's a question of faith. Do I believe in my ability to believe? Or do I believe that God's big enough even when I don't understand? And so I'll give it to him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? greatest act of faith, the greatest mountain that's ever been moved is the mountain of our sin and our shame because of Jesus. But that requires a decision on our part. God gives you enough faith to believe. But you have to yield your life to the lordship of Jesus. And if you want that relationship with God, I want you to just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have paid the price that was necessary in order for me to have salvation, redemption. You paid the price that I could stand before you, not in my own holiness, but in the holiness of Christ. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I yield my life to your lordship. Lead me through your word and by your spirit, and I'll never be the same. I'm going to ask everyone in the room, just pray this prayer profession with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. life. Come on, one more time. "Jesus, Jesus, I give you my life. Now, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around except the ministry team and me. I'm not here to embarrass you or call you out. I want to pray for you this week, and this is important. If you made a decision to follow him for the first time or the first time in a long time this morning, because you know when you came in this place, things weren't right between you and the Lord. I just want you to just say, pray for me this week, pastor, and just raise your hand really high and keep it up while no one's looking around. Just keep it up just a moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. All right, you can put them down. Father. Father. Thank you for changed lives, for redeemed hearts, for hope that is renewed because of Jesus. I pray right now that as sin and shame is lifted off of their shoulders, joy and peace would flood their hearts and souls. I thank you that new life is beginning, new purpose, new destiny. I thank you that as you are making all things new, The new is greater than we can ever imagine. Thank you that in these next few moments, as we pray together and believe together and bring you those circumstances, that all we can do is fix our eyes on those circumstances. This morning, we choose to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who is bigger, stronger, able to deliver us. We ask that in your name. We believe that in faith. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come down front as we continue to worship today. If you have a need today, I want you to bring that need to the Lord. Allow someone to pray with you. And listen, when you bring your need to the Lord, tell the Lord, I don't know how you're going to fix it. I just believe you are and trust in him today. As we worship together, our prayer team is here. If you have a need, I invite you to come down and believe together and pray together. And let's trust God with those mountains.
0: These chains will win.
1: Amen. Amen. You said it. I believe it. You said it. It is done. Can I just tell you something? Even if you don't see it yet, if he said it, it's already done. What he says in the past is being fulfilled in the future. Father, in this moment right now, I feel your Spirit. I believe you would have me to say to your people that I am challenging you to believe this year. I'm calling you to believe. And I'm enough. That the God that you serve is not limited by time, space, power, or authority. Bring me every need that you have. Trust me with it. And see my deliverance for your life, for your family, for your circumstances. Father, I thank you today that your word is true, that you have spoken into us, that you encourage us through your word, that we bring things to you in prayer, that we believe by faith, and that we trust in advance of even seeing it, that it is done. I thank you, Lord, that in this moment, as our hearts are tender and attentive, that we declare in this place that what you have said, it is finished, it is done, and though we may not see it yet, we shall see it soon. We believe these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord praise in this place. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want you to look at somebody and say, my God is more than enough. Can you do that? My God is more than enough. Now I want you to take a moment, celebrate with me today. 12 people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ, made the best decision they'll ever make. Amen. Those who made that decision, you truly stepped into the miraculous today. And we are so proud of you, so happy for you. We want to help you in any way we can. At the end of service, if you made that decision today or in the last few weeks, some of our grow team will be down front um, and and they'll be willing to talk with you. We'd love to talk with you. Also, you can talk to someone out at Connection Point in the atrium uh, and love to help you get started on this walk with Jesus. Uh, if you would like to get more information about getting plugged in here uh, in North, there's a card in front of you in the seat back that says Connect Card. Fill that out. Take it to Connection Point out in the atrium and someone would love to talk with you as well. I want to remind you about this Wednesday. We're going to be talking about prayer and fasting. What is fasting? What is it? What is it all about? And how does God use it to begin to transform us and to change things in our lives? hope you'll be here Wednesday at 7 p.m. And then next Sunday, we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I hope you'll be a part of that as well. Let me have the privilege to bless you before you go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Let's give our response from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you folks. Love you. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to learn more about North, be sure to check out our website at mountparanorth.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at or give us a call at 770-578-9081. And if you're in the Marietta, Georgia area, we'd love to have you join us for worship next Sunday at 945 or 1115 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.